All right, we have everybody here this morning, and I want to say good morning to you all. We have people from beyond uh, the city of Memphis who are chiming in, and I'm grateful for your commitment and, and just grateful for you being here. Um, this is our second day, and this, again, if this is your first time, this is our our teleconference devotional, uh, Becoming a Champion. I told you yesterday that much of this um, this series is uh, inspired from a book I was reading in my, in my downtime called Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. It's not a Christian book, but if you read it, it's a quick read. Uh, it, it can really speak to you. It can really um, minister to you if you allow it to. It's just that simple, but it gets straight to the point. Um, and yesterday we kind of started off talking about uh, part-time champions and, you know, really what what is a champion, what is an amateur, and uh, we looked at uh, the book of Elijah. We looked at Elijah, not the book of Elijah, but we looked at Elijah in First Kings chapter uh, 19 um, and just kind of looked at his life uh, before chapter 19 and looked at his life in chapter 19, and you have this tension between two different people. You have someone who seemingly has it all together, someone who is operating in uh, their purpose, but in, in, in another chapter it seems like it's a total different per a person who is depressed, who is running away from responsibility, running away from his calling, asking God to take his life. And we just kind of sat in that tension and hopefully we were able to sit in the tension and just talk about sometimes you, you just don't feel like a champion. Sometimes it, it seems like you're just an amateur. And we just kind of talked about, uh, you know, what it looks like to be a part-time champion of something that I've confessed that sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm a professional amateur as we talked about it. And just gave us some tips of what it looks like. And we looked at Elijah from uh, verses 1 through 16 of chapter 19. I, I mentioned, I talked a little more about the book, gave some quotes and things, but I won't do that today. There's a syllabus and associated with that syllabus is the readings. There are a couple of sections um, that that go along with each of our lessons, and I want you to be able to look at that, and I believe that you look at it in your devotional time. And my prayer is that on yesterday you were honest with yourself, as I've, I've talked to many of you, uh, and you ask yourself the question, when I examine my life, uh, what areas of my life will I consider myself to be an amateur? Um, that is, what areas of my life am I avoiding stepping into my purpose? Am I being, am I operating by fear? Am I running away from responsibility? What areas of your life are you just not stepping up to the plate? And what are you going to do about it? I'm not spending my 5.45 in the morning, which I'm up at before 4 o'clock. I'm not doing this just because I don't have anything else to do. It's just five days. And so you've got to ask yourself some critical questions, and you've got to be willing to listen to God and listen to yourself for the answers because it's you need to be able to step up. I need to be able to step up because in every area of our life, God is calling us to be something more than what we're settling for. And, yeah, if you got it all together in every aspect of your life, I don't even know why you're on the phone. Uh, I need people who, 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 who are struggling. I need people who don't ha always have everything together that you can stand to grow, you can stand to work in some area of your life. We can't just be content to say, hey, I'm doing good in six areas of my life, so I don't have to worry about the other four. No, God wants us to be better, and it's my responsibility to challenge you. And so um, what God 
challenged me. He challenged me with this book, and he challenged me just by looking at Elijah and Elisha. Not Elisha, but Elisha, uh, these two men, and God was able to, to, to take this book, uh, Turning Pro, we, we use it as becoming a champion, and what does it look like when we look uh, at the life of Elijah, who I feel God used crises, a crisis in his life, to begin to transition him from an amateur to a champion, and to become a, a champion from an amateur is a messy process, it's a painful process, it's uncomfortable, sometimes you go through the season, when God is trying to make you a champion, sometimes you go through a season where you don't understand what's going on, it's silent, you feel like you're alone. These are all the things that Elijah felt. He, he felt like he was alone. He felt like he wanted to give up. He didn't understand, but God was trying to stretch him. And then one thing God reminded him, you can't become a champion by yourself. And so my challenge to you on the phone is to say, hey, I know you like doing things on your own. I know you're a self-proclaimed introvert like Isaac, but in order to become who God is calling you to become, it means that you need to be linked with other believers. It means you, you can't do it by yourself. You can't become the best possible you in isolation. And so God tells him, as I told you yesterday, he says, listen, his only response to Elijah was, I need you to go back the way that you came, and I need you to anoint two kings, and I need you to anoint one man. His name is Elisha. And we're going to read that passage this morning, and I know that God will speak to someone today uh, if you just allow him to. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your power. I thank you for everyone who is here on day two and everyone who is returning from day one. I am praying a special blessing over their life. I am praying, God, right now, whether they're in the car, whether they're at work, whether they're sitting in their bed, whether they're dozing back off, whatever the case is, God, I am praying that you breathe on them right now because they're not here early in the morning because they have nothing else to do. Lord, we're seeking your face in some area of our lives, and I'm praying, God, that you answer us, you bless us, you allow us to become better. We want to be champions. We don't want to be amateurs. Help us to become the best possible versions of ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we were, I just paraphrased it yesterday, and I basically gave you the journey of of Elijah running away from someone who was threatening his life. And it, it appeared to me that the very first time he, was, he encountered conflict, you know, that really showed how much amateur was still laying dormant in his life. I know for us, for myself, it seems like you get everything together, you're rocking and you're rolling, but the moment that someone betrays you or someone says something that um, – reminds you of something that happened in the past and all of a sudden it seems like you lose all your bearings, it's because there is an amateur laying dormant somewhere that you didn't realize was still there. And that's what I believe happened with Elijah. But, but I love what God did. God stopped him and God said, I need you to return and I need you to multiply yourself. And so I want to read verse 16 in chapter 19 and then I want to read verses 19 through 21. Verse, six, verse, verse 16 says this, Then anoint Jehu, grand, uh, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint 
Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Maholah, to succeed you, to replace you as the prophet. So he tells Elijah, I need you to go back and I need you to anoint two kings because I got something that I'm trying to do that is bigger than you. You don't even realize you're so focused on yourself. You're so focused on your, your discomfort that you're not even looking at the bigger picture. And many times we allow our discomfort because we're focusing on ourselves. And I think um, that Pressfield talks about the egoist. But then he tells, this is what God tells him. God tells him, I need you to go and anoint a man by the name of Elisha because he's going to replace you as not a prophet, but the prophet. And in verse 19, this is what happens. He goes back and he says, So Elisha went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing in the field. If we were in church, I'll tell you to repeat to me, plowing. And you will repeat plowing. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12 teams. Elijah went over to Elisha and threw his jacket across his shoulders, and then the Bible says Elijah just walked away. And I know you say, what does that mean? When, when a prophet would throw his jacket or his cloak over someone, that was saying, look, God is calling you. God has something he wants you to do. And see, Elijah, he didn't spend his time trying to convince him to respond. He just, threw, he just did what he was supposed to do. He threw the cloak over his shoulders, and the Bible says that Elijah walked away. Then the Bible says, Elisha, he left the oxen standing there, and he ran. He struck out running and said to him, first let me go and kiss my father and my, my mother goodbye, and then I will go with you, exclamation point. Elijah replied, go on back. But think about what I've done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them, and he used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. And then it says he passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate because the Bible says that he left them. And then it says, then he went with Elijah as his assistant. And for, for just a quick moment, I want to talk about the power of the preseason. The power of preseason. The Bible says Elijah, Elijah was instructed to consecrate Elisha for a position that he wouldn't immediately assume. This is the thing that stands out to me. God tells Elijah, I want you to go and consecrate Elisha to be uh, the prophet, but he's not going to immediately assume the role. Seven years takes place between this chapter and 2 Kings chapter 2 before Elisha actually was promoted. Elijah anointed Elisha the prophet but eventually he hired him as an assistant. You'll miss it. He anointed him as the prophet, but he hired him as an assistant. He anointed him as the prophet, but he hires him as an assistant. God may have anointed you for the harvest, but the anointing can never substitute preparation. You can't rush the anointing. You cannot rush development. God can ordain or plan for you. He, God can ordain or plan for you to have something, but it doesn't mean you don't need to prepare for it. And that's what happens in this text. He anoints him. He has a plan for him, but he also says, I also need you to prepare for it. And so the Bible says that Elijah, Elijah found Elisha plowing in the field. 
The term preseason, preseason is a term used in sports to describe exhibition games that on the surface, on the surface appear to have no real impact on the official record of the team. And so whether you're in basketball, football, there is a preseason season where it seems like these games really don't matter. And so a lot of people don't come to the games. A lot of people who are playing don't take it seriously. People don't usually pay attention to the preseason. It's not as significant as the regular season. It's not as significant as the playoffs. It's believed that championships, listen, it's believed that championships in all sports are usually won after the teams win in the playoffs. If they win in the playoffs, if they win in the playoffs, then they win the championship. But see, that, that's a misnomer. Championships are not won in the playoffs. They're not won in the postseasons. I take the position that championships are won in the preseason. Champions are made in the preseason. Every Super Bowl champion, every NBA champion, every golf champion will tell you they live for the preseason. The preseason is a revelation of what you've been doing over the summer. Preseason puts your discipline on display. Your preseason is a sneak preview of a coming attraction. And my question to you is how are you preparing now for your next what are you doing now? What you do now will determine the quality of your next because your now and your next are inextricably connected. You can't have one without the other. What are you doing now, today, for your next? The difference between an amateur and a champion is found in their habits. What are you doing before you get the assignment? Because when we look at Elisha, he's not waiting for God to come and drop a cloak on his shoulders because he didn't know God was going to move that way in his life. He wasn't waiting for God to give him a promotion. He wasn't waiting for God to give him an assignment before he continued to get up every day, plow the field, and remain faithful with what he was doing. And the question is, because the, the tension is this, we usually wait until we get the assignment before we start performing, before we start producing, before we start remaining faithful. But I'm telling you that real champions don't wait until you get the assignment before you start doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because the behavior you exercise before God gives you the assignment is the same behavior that's going to show up and prove itself true when you get the assignment. And so when we look at this text, Elisha shows us how a champion in training is supposed to behave. Because we look at Elisha, he's a champion. He, he's not yet a champion, but he's a champion in training. And so he teaches us three things, and I give this to you and I bid you a good morning. He teaches us that a champion isn't preoccupied with promotion. The Bible says, so Elisha went and he found Elisha. Elijah went and he found Elisha plowing in the field. The Bible says that he found him plowing the field. If you plow, God will promote. But as amateurs, we're always concerned how long until how long until, well, well, how long do I have to do this before you give me what I have been asking for? 
But see, Elijah teaches us something. He controls only what he can control. He shows up every day with the right attitude until God chooses to elevate him or change his situation. Champions are not preoccupied with the payoff, are not preoccupied with being promoted. That's number one. But number two, he teaches us that champion in training, champions they aren't looking for validation or acknowledgement. What do you mean? What do you mean champions aren't preoccupied with looking for validation and acknowledgement and credit before they do what they need to do? The Bible says that Elijah went over to him and congratulated him and appreciated him for everything he had been doing, and then he put the cloak on his back. No, no, no. The Bible says that he threw the cloak on his shoulders and I, I don't even think he acknowledged him and he walked away. Amateurs need to be acknowledged for the work they're doing. Champions crucify their need for credit. See, when you're being obedient to what God has called you to do, you don't need people to celebrate everything you do. The truth is your need for validation and acknowledgement needs to climb on Calvary's cross and die. It needs to be buried so that your purpose can be resurrected. I love what my mentor said. I know somebody said, what do you say? Your need for validation and acknowledgement needs to climb on Calvary's cross and die. It needs to be buried so that your purpose can be resurrected. Because the truth of the matter is, you don't need permission to do the work. And the last thing, the last thing, the last thing we learn is this. A champion is focused on the process. Because, see, we don't like the process. We need everything to happen now. We need everything to happen now. We need everything to happen now. But this is really where I wanted to get to. This is what I wanted to get to before I bid you a farewell. It says, then he, there's so much more I can talk about, but I just got to give you the main point. It says, then he went with Elijah as his assistant. I know when you look at that, nothing really stands out. Oh, he's assistant. Yeah, I said he was anointed to be the prophet, and yet he was hired to be the assistant. Something is wrong with that. And he's an assistant for seven, eight years before God even, he had to ask for his promotion. We'll talk about that on day four. I mean, he's working and he's doing this, but the thing that stands out to me is this. The Hebrew word for assistant is sharaf. It means to serve and to attend to and do menial work, M-E-N-I-A-L, to do menial work, menial, demeaning, routine, boring, meager work. What are you saying? He's anointed as the prophet, but yet he's hired to do menial work. I mean, he's just serving He's serving Elijah. He's taking out the trash. He's doing work that has nothing in his mind or in our minds to do with being a prophet. Because, see, we want to be in the front. We want to have the, the position. We want people to see us. We want to be acknowledged. All these things are indications of an amateur. And so what, what, what I like about this text is that it says that Elijah ran to be an assistant. He ran to do menial work. Seven, eight years he's doing menial work. The Hebrew word menial, he's doing work that's just, it's, it's humbling work, work that you would think has nothing to do with being the prophet. He ran to do the menial. A champion knows he or she is bigger, is not bigger than the process. 
Because again, if you plow, God will promote. He's not, he, he, he knows he has to submit his will to the process because favor follows preparation. Most people want to have the lead position, but nobody wants to do the menial work. Most people want to be in the front, but they don't want to overlook the importance of submitting themselves to the process. And the question is, can you do the menial work? I know. Why do I, why am I doing this? I'm supposed to be doing this over here. But God has you where he has you for a reason. Submit yourself to the process. You don't know, you can't see the bigger picture, but I know you think you're bigger than the process, but you aren't bigger than the process. To be a champion is free. You don't need to go to school. You don't need another conference. You don't need to buy anything. You just need to change your mind. You need to make up your mind. The question I leave you with is this. What is the one habit that is causing resistance in your life as you seek to change? What is the one habit that is dominating your life that you know you need to change this habit if you're going to step into that next what are you doing now? What is, what is keeping you from being a champion? What is that one habit that you know you need to change in order to move into this next season? And the question, that the second question is, what is the one habit you intend to replace with it? I want to leave you with that, and I appreciate you for your time this morning, and it's my prayer that whatever you do today, that you look back and you read over this passage, and you allow God to speak to you in a way that only God can speak to you. Thank you. There's power in your preseason. What you do now is always connected with your next. Join me tomorrow as we talk about shadow callings and what that has to do with being a champion. You all have a wonderful day. See you later. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.